Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? Welcome to Senior Living Connecticut, a show that explores solutions for Connecticut's adults striving for the best in senior living. I'm Bill Corbett, manager of Evergreen Crossing's Independent Senior Living and author of the book, The 2.0 Entrepreneur. And I'm Hollis Hartman, sales director at Harbor Chase of Evergreen Walk in South Windsor, an assisted living and memory care community. We're sitting down with industry area subject matter experts in this show to find out what they've learned along the way and get them to share it with us to help families in the Connecticut area. When elderly people are victimized, they often suffer greater physical, mental, and financial injuries than people of other age groups, from what I can tell. Um, Elder victims are twice as likely to suffer serious physical injury and to require hospitalization than any other age group. Furthermore, from what my reading is telling me, uh, hyper-sociologically process of aging brings with it a decreasing ability to heal after injury, both physically and mentally, which means elder victims suffer greater after experiencing a trauma. So I wanted to talk about that topic today and our guests in the studio today, Cindy O'Neill, Director of Programs with Connecticut Council of Family Service Agencies. Welcome to the show. You have brought Erica Mastriani, and you're the Regional Coordinator of the program. This is an organization that we weren't really aware existed before this. You act as sort of a an advocate for a senior, not only not anybody, any victim, but we're interested in the senior aspect who have experienced or been been a victim of a crime, correct? Yes. Tell us a little bit more about your organization. Yes. It is the Connecticut Council of Family Service Agencies, and we are a network uh, organization. We have 13 member agencies, and their member agencies are probably ones that uh, your listeners are all familiar with. Example: uh, Catholic Charities of Fairfield County, Catholic Charities Archdiocese of Hartford, Jewish Family Services of Greater Hartford, Jewish Family Services of New Haven, and many others. Our mission is to be the premier resource to strengthen Connecticut's diverse individuals and families and the communities in which they live. So we are here to help folks. The program that we're going to talk about today, Bill, is the Victims of Crime Act program. And this is a program that's funded by the Office of Victim Services in the state of Connecticut, which is funded by the federal government. Uh, Maybe you you can provide a whole list. What kind of crimes are we talking about? But specifically for the show today, talking about seniors. Now, you have a case study that you brought with you that you can tell us a little about to help us better understand the program, what happened and what next steps occurred, correct? Yep, 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 that's exactly right. We actually support 28 different kinds of victimizations, 28 different types of crimes. For example, elder abuse or neglect or identity theft and financial crimes or fraud, stalking, harassment, abuse, child abuse, adult physical assault, intimate partner violence. So there's just a myriad of victimization. So some people are going to say, are you talking about adult protective services? That's not the case. No, you know, that's a different organization. Why? What makes you different? Yep. So we come in after the crime has been committed. We are not the ones that are the first responders in any way. That would be 911 or, you know, any other first responder should a crime occur. 
and a victim of crime needs help to navigate the court system or to deal with their trauma following the crime, that's what we do. We have a, a cadre of case managers who are equipped to, to help folks and find the resources that they need to move to a survivor mode. So let's uh, use your case. So, uh, Erica, you brought a case study with you. And tell us a little bit about the case study. Yes, this client was referred from the attorney general. And this client, they believed, was a victim of elderly abuse and neglect. Her primary caregiver was accused and is now the alleged perpetrator of a neglect situation and a financial abuse situation. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What, that primary caregiver, are we talking family or somebody was hired? We're talking, a, it's a neighbor situation, so I guess he was more hired to, to help out this elderly So he was person. paid to take care of her. Yes. The referral came through on our referral link, which we will um, later share with you, and um, assigned to a case manager at Catholic Charities Archdiocese of Hartford. Um, when he began, began working with her, he had determined that she was unsafe and he did an incident report and um, reported it to Bar Department of Social Services where they began to do wellness checks on this particular client. Due to her victimization, she was eligible for assistance um, with the OVS compensation application. Um, which wait, is, wait, what's OVS? OVS is Office of Victim Services. Okay. They do a reimbursement compensation for victims. There's three different applications that they could fill out. One is primary injury. If you're the primary victim, emotional injury or survivor benefit. And this is where you come in. You help them yeah, the fill case, out that paperwork. The case managers okay. will assist and send it off to OVS where they'll get a claimant person assigned to their, their okay. case to follow that. So she was eligible for that and he assisted her with that. He did also try to coordinate a mental health waiver to get her some extra support in her home. She did not qualify, unfortunately, due to income. This is when our case manager then called 211, helped her apply for Community First Choice Program. So she'll get more assistance that way. There's no income requirement. It's important to highlight that our case managers will continue to work with the client and continue to make referrals to provide wraparound services for them until they feel safe and secure and no longer victim and cross over to survivor, as Cindy had mentioned. Where does that stand now? Our case manager is still working with the okay, client. This is a fairly yeah. new client. Okay. I believe this client was assigned in March. It's an ongoing process. Do you know um, what happened to the caregiver? The caregiver is under investigation right okay. now. An alleged perpetrator, there, there would probably be some court proceedings and court hearings that would happen. I imagine that Erin would support this client in going to court if she decided that she wanted All to. Right. For the listeners listening to this kind of situation, if they become aware of potential victimization of an elder, what do you suggest they do? If a listener becomes aware that someone is being victimized, they can provide the victim with our contact information and reach out to us and do a referral. So you can self-refer. There is a link that anybody can go on that's on our website. It's a series of questions, just who are you and what happened, basically. The victim fills that out. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Or someone on and behalf your of the victim. office helps them with that? We can because we have an 800 number that someone can call if they're having trouble or if they want help filling out that form so they can call our 800 number as well. 
then once that referral comes in, it comes right into our system, and that referral source is available 24-7, 365 days uh, a year. So they can reach out whenever it's convenient to them. We'll then retrieve that referral and assign it based, typically based on geography. We'll assign it to one of our case managers, and the case manager within 24 to 72 hours will reach out to the victim and begin what we call the intake process. What happened? What are your issues? What specifically, what do you need? We have uh, an assessment process to kind of look at all of their needs in addition to the victimization, the crime that happened. And then the case manager, you know, much like the case that Erica provided to us, will continue to work with that individual until they've reached a place where they're feeling like they can move on on their own and cope. So the first place to report a crime like that would be to 911 yes. or to, to let the police know. Exactly. But right. you offer counseling to victims as well. That's right. Exactly. If we find that an individual as a result of their victimization is you know, traumatized and need counseling, then we will put them in contact with one of our member agencies who provide behavioral health service and they'll be, they'll have a therapist who set up a schedule. Our client currently that I was discussing, she was in need of trauma focused therapy, but she was already engaged in clinical services somewhere else. So that was something that we were able to offer and connect her with, but she was already connected, which is great. But if somebody is aware of victimization, the first thing they should probably do is call 911. Absolutely. So call 911 first because that needs to be handled. Absolutely, and that's outside of the scope of what the Connecticut Council of Family Service Agencies does, right? We are after the fact to help someone support, well, to support someone through their process of the the legal, you know, all the legal proceedings. While we're not lawyers, while our case managers are not legal advisors, what we can do quite literally is if someone needs, you know, someone to go to court with, our case manager will go with the victim to court if nothing more than to hold their hand just so that they can feel support. And that really defines you as, a, as an advocate, helping Absolutely. them in so many different ways, emotionally and physically. Okay, uh, we are out of time on this segment. We're going to ask you to stay after the break, and we're going to handle another case uh, to get to know you a little bit more and what your services do. Hollis, if anybody would like information about your organization, how can they get in touch with you? They can call me directly at 860 Ten, ten, and I'm happy to help anytime. And that's with at Harbor Chase, of course. And if you would like uh, information on Evergreen Crossings Independent Living, you can always reach us at eight six zero three two seven eight eight nine nine. You've been listening to Senior Living Connecticut, a show that explores solutions for Connecticut's family and adults to help them get the most out of life to have, and to really enjoy the life they have now. Listen to us next week. We'll see you then.